Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, we'll look at the Bible through archaeology and history with Lonnie Shipman, and we'll discover why the Bible is truly the king of books. With today being the final weekday of 2023, the time for your year-end gift is now. All gifts given to Southwest Radio Ministries are income tax deductible, and they're needed to keep the clear message that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things on the air. If you're able, please give today. Your gift can be given by phone, 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can give through our website, swrc.com. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Now, here's our host, Dr. Larry Spargimino and Lonnie Shipman. Our guest is Dr. Lonnie Shipman. He has become a number one author and researcher in biblical studies. He's right at the top. He's written a number of excellent books. Uh, let me just run through them. Secrets of Prophecy Revealed, Heaven's Orchestra, The Stars Sing Praise to God, Treasure, and The Coming Temple of God. Now, Dr. Shipman's latest book, King of Books, The Bible and Archaeology and History. And we're going to be talking about King of Books on this show and the next. Lonnie, thank you so much for being with us once again. It's a great honor to be with you today. I think your book is going to meet a, a real need because, you know, all over the world and even in our country, there's an attack on the Bible. Chinese Communist Party, they're rewriting the Bible. So you are giving a, a solid historical, archaeological basis that everybody can appeal to. I know a lot of times people say, well, I don't believe the Bible. Well, okay, do you believe archaeology? Look at what the, the archaeologists are writing. So as, as we start, why write about archaeology? Well, it's exactly as you're saying. There's a, we have historical proof, and sometimes scientific in other areas is covered. So this really is a, an approach to show historical proof of the Bible. The Bible is true. If the Bible describes a story or an event, uh, then do they find reference to it anywhere in history? Well, sometimes exactly as the Bible describes something, they've found a cuneiform tablet or, or, a, or a cylinder or something that describes in great detail, even paralleling what the Bible says. So it shows again, over and over, the Bible is couched in history. It is literal. Yes. It is true. Yes, that's, that's a great, great statement. Well, one of the things I've often wondered about, and I know you know a lot about that, and I've done some study on it, how do they learn to read these ancient languages that are now dead, like cuneiform and Akkadian and so on and so forth, because that's really very basic in archaeological and historical studies as it pertains to the Bible. It certainly is, yes. That's one reason I, at the beginning of the book, cover the history of hieroglyphics, how they discovered it, and the writing, and then also the cuneiform. Really, the hieroglyphics was discovered by Jean Champillion in France, spent 28 years of his life. And then later, primarily Henry Rawlinson of England did the study on cuneiform. Cuneiform has six different languages, and he and some others specific over 27 years. So all together combined, it was many, almost 60 years of the two wow. and others working on these areas separately to discover these ancient languages. It opened up to a seven ancient languages, and later a few others were added. 
And then we can read now. We just find a tablet or saw hieroglyphics on the, on the pyramids or something, the obelisk. They can now read what it says and often find representative things in the Bible. Right, right. You know, I, I think there are a lot of Christians who are, what should I say, suspicious of scholarship. And yet, when you do archaeological studies, when you learn cuneiform, that's the wedge-shaped letters in the clay tablet, that's difficult, but it has a good purpose. So I think I'm as conservative as anybody, and you are too, but I think there's a place for good biblical scholarship, looking at the original languages, even Paleo-Hebrew, and going back, 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 way in the past, and that really glorifies God. So I know you and I and several other, what should I say, conservative Bible scholars believe in scholarship. It's really important. Now, let's talk about the yes, Dead Sea Scrolls. Tell us about what they are. Uh, maybe tell us a little bit about how they were discovered, I think, quite by accident, and how are they important in biblical archaeology? Well, the Dead Sea Scrolls are a collection of several hundred manuscripts found. Uh, they really don't know for sure. They, they believe they were found in 1947. Uh, and then later, other people searching found a few others, and they threw about 1952, found primarily most of these manuscripts in 11 different caves. They looked in 300 some odd caves. A Bedouin named Muhammad the Wolf, Muhammad El Adib, and his friend were out in the desert near what we call Qumran, or the north part of the Dead Sea. One of the goats had gone missing. He called for the goat. He saw a cave nearby, threw a thinking a goat was, had gone in the cave. He yelled for the goat. He didn't come out. He got a rock and threw it in the cave and heard crashing pottery. <laughs> he was curious about this. And so he crawled in the cave and found, smashed this, this uh, one pot that was smashed and found pitch covered. Actually, they were scrolls, but he didn't know what it was. He thought they were mummies. So he called to his friend. He crawled in. They crawled out holding these and said, we've found these mummies. We're rich. We're rich. They weren't <laughs> mummies. They were actually ancient scrolls. They were disappointed to find it was ancient writing, and they didn't know what it was. So they carried them around. They don't really know how long, a year to maybe as much as 20 years. That's why they're debating when it was first found. But they, they even used the scrolls to light their campfires and things like this. Right. And thinking later, well, maybe this will be helpful as antiquities. We can make some money with this. And they went to a cobbler in Bethlehem and went named Kando. Kando was a cobbler, and he also sold antiquities. So they said, well, maybe he'll use it, buy them as antiquities, and maybe, maybe if not, he'll at least use it for shoe leather. So then he uh, looked at this, and uh, they tried to get 20 dinars. He gave them 16 dinars, just a little bit of Jordanian money. But they were happy to have that, and he later took them to someone and sold them for $250, who sold them for 200000 and then <laughs> sold them later for about $3.5 million, <laughs> on and on through, as they changed hands. They discovered it was the ancient Bible. Mm. When F. William S. Albright saw it, he said it was the oldest Bible by a thousand years right. than anything they'd ever seen. It's dated to about 200 B.C. to about 56 A.D., these scrolls. And now, the, what the importance of the scrolls are that they f have copies of the Bible over and over again, as well as some commentaries and other books, make primarily religious books, and the Bible in every text except four exactly parallels our King James Version in English, showing that wow. it, it is preserved, is what we're saying. The Bible is preserved, whatever language you might have, such as Greek, uh, maybe German, or, or, or Spanish, or some other. There's a Bible available that's been preserved already, and we can see this line of the Bible still in our hands. We can trust it with confidence. 
Wow, that's a great explanation. I know when I was in uh, seminary, I was working on a, a PhD, and uh, I had studied about the Dead Sea Scrolls, and then I won a trip in seminary, Southwestern Seminary, to uh, Israel. And my, when I went to Qumran and I saw those caves, I shook all over with joy because here is proof that the Bible hasn't changed. This is something a thousand That's years right. earlier than, than we have. So once again, here is scholarship because these, uh, these scrolls had to be translated. You know, it's not like in English or anything of the sort. So it's, it's absolutely amazing, and I, I wish our listeners would not be afraid of scholarship. I know there are unbelieving right, scholars, right. but there are believing scholars, and uh, I think there's a place for scholarship. But, but let me ask you, Lonnie, what about your personal experience with the Dead Sea Scrolls? Well, that's another amazing thing. I was trained personally as a concert pianist. My father was a pastor 67 years. My mother had a piano at a Baptist University. So I went to a direction of sort of becoming a concert pianist to make some money in the classical piano, really. Uh, and uh, then I was called to preach in the middle of that. I was shocked. I had won six international competitions touring the world internationally in piano. And through this study of the Bible, felt I'd been saved as a little boy, six years old. But then I felt burdened to serve God and gave up this dream of, of classical piano and really the money and the fame, you might say. And then went to Bible College Seminary like you, and later also music degrees. And through this, uh, then started studying and using the piano for God. So I decided to go to Europe, and then later I was invited to go to the Middle East and to do concerts. And in the concerts, I would tell the hymn stories, mm. and if possible, I would witness in different ways. I would not always do a sermon, but sometimes I could, sometimes I wasn't allowed to, but at least tell the hymn stories. By telling the hymn stories, including verses, with the hymn stories, you're in a way giving a testimony, almost like a witnessing to them, in a nice way. And so I opened the door. Now through this, I was able to go to Israel, and my father's closest friend in Bible college was Aubrey Richardson, who had got a master's in music and Bible like my dad did two different degrees. And then he went also and did a master's in mathematics at a Texas university here. And then he became the top engineer of the F-16 fighter jet program. Then he was sent to Israel to build a special version of the F-16. He heard I was gonna be in Belgium and Holland. He said, you get yourself on a plane, get down here to Israel. Well, he was a long time family friend. And so I, like an uncle to the family, you might say. So I went off down to Israel, and he said, get in the car quick, your plane's late. You're, you're, we got to go see the ambassador. Mm. What do you mean, the ambassador of Israel? <laughs> the American ambassador? you got to be kidding. Oh, no, he's waiting for you. Uh, I've got to change into my suit. I'm dressed casually. Oh, no, we don't have time for that. Just get the car. So we went off to meet the ambassador, invited he and, and, and some of the dignitaries to the meetings. Then I, they were in Tel Aviv and, and Jerusalem, the, the, the different meetings I was having. Then um, they said, would you like to go meet the top archaeologists and rabbis? Mm. Wow, it was amazing. <laughs> so within three days, I met the top rabbis. The fourth day, I was interviewing some of the top archaeologists. And then they said, now it's tomorrow. Let's go on a tour of the secret underground passageways of Jerusalem, and let's go see the Dead Sea Scroll mm. Caves. Wow. Oh, I didn't know you could even do this. So I was able to do these, help of these people, tour eight of the 11 caves, including that famous cave 4A, where 80% yeah. of all the early Bibles were found. And it's amazing to get into these places and realize that here's where they found the greatest discovery of the Bible right. in the history of the world. Mm, that's so exciting. Well, friends, our guest is Dr. Lonnie Shipman. He is the author of King of Books, The Bible and Archaeology and History. 
Now, this is really a great volume for anybody, especially in today's world. Some people think of the Bible as a lot of fairy tales. It's not. There are so many indicators that biblical events really happen. The places, practices, and customs that we find in the Bible do come from antiquity. You'll want this book, our toll-free number, 1-800-652-1144. Tell the operator that you want your own copy of King of Books, 1-800-652-1144. Now, Lonnie, let's focus a little bit. What do we learn specifically from biblical archaeology? From archaeology, we first see that the historical facts that mention over and over and over again are true. Not only the places that are there, the names of the places, then biblical characters, the name of God is found over and over again in certain inscribed uh, stellas or big monuments, things like this, and the name of certain biblical personalities. Also, we find sometimes in some of the ancient clay tablets, the Bible prophesied specific events when Cyrus would come and invade uh, Babylon and take over Babylon and free the Jews to come back to the land. Cyrus was prophesied by name to come before 145 years before he was even born. And then he later came. Now they found the Cyrus Cylinder, the name Cyrus, doing these things. And many details about what happened as he invaded right. and, uh, and also freeing the Jews. All this is delineated in the cuneiform. And sometimes minute details are included in the Bible and the cuneiform showing, right. so again, God verified his word wow. Wow. in history. Well, you know, this is very exciting for me. I have a friend. He's an ex-Mormon, and uh, he's, he's now a Christian, evangelical Christian. He believes in Jesus. He believes in the Bible alone. But he said, you know, when you look at some of the Mormon writings, they mention places, uh, the hill of Zarahemla in Guatemala, wherever it is. And he said, if you go to those places, you can't find it. But when you read the Bible today, most of the places mentioned in the Bible, you can go to. There's a tell, you know, a pile of runes, there's a foundation, there's a street. And I think that's really significant. He said when he saw that, he knew that, that the biblical accounts were historical, actually happened in time and space. If somebody had been there with their camera, they could have taken pictures of Jesus' teaching. And I think that's a, that's a wonderful testimony. So the discoveries show evidence of the historical facts, culture, language, and sometimes additional facts for the Bible. So. Right. Tell us about some of the most important archaeological uh, discoveries that uh, re- directly relate to the Bible. What, what do they include? How, how about the flood tablet, for example? Well, the flood tablet is only is one of eight of a collection that talk about the story uh, with an, a different name of a personality, but it's similar to the story of Noah. What's amazing is it talks about a personality that's written several hundred years after the, the event happened, after the Bible was first given orally by what we call oral tradition. So sometimes these same stories of the Bible, as they are told in other cultures, they're, they're mixed, they're, they're transformed a little bit with sometimes another personality name. But the names of someone coming, and, and he decided to build a boat and save all the animals. And then at the end, after being in the water, in the flood, worldwide flood for a while, he releases a raven and then a dove, like the Bible talks about right. And so many, many details like this. And they found not just one, but they found eight flood tablets. The, the famous one you can see, of course, in the uh, British Museum, but there's also one in the Ashmolean. And part of these tablets are also in the Louvre in Paris. Yes, yes. Well, tell us a little bit about the Moabite stone. And uh, I love the black obelisk of Shalmaneser II. Uh, that's really important. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, the Moabite 
Scotch stone is interesting because it uh, it uh, is the the oldest uh, copy we have of the uh, name of God. Uh, the that we have, and it also uh, it also covers. We it has the name of Yahweh, what we now call Jehovah. Now, more recently, someone has done more research and found the name of King David listed in the Moabite stone. Now, the Black Obelisk of Shalmaneser II, Moabite stone, by the way, is in, is, in, is in the British Museum. The Black Obelisk of Shalmaneser II in the Louvre shows a sculptured picture of Yehu the king uh, of, the, of the house of Omri bowing before the Assyrian king Shalmaneser. And also, on another side, it shows four Jewish prisoners bringing their gifts of gold mm. and different uh, offerings to the king. Wow. So we have other Jews. Have, you see the famous sculptures of what the Jews look like, as well as the king, a biblical character, Shalmaneser II. You even have the fingerprint of Baruch, the scribe of Jeremiah, in a in a little uh, seal, really is what it is, from an ancient pot, and it's called a bullet. It's a seal. There's two of them. One of them has the fingerprints of the uh, the of a biblical character, the help, the friend and helper of Prophet Jeremiah. So many things were just astounding over and over again. They found the David inscription a few years ago. As you were saying earlier, for a long time they claimed some of these people didn't exist or some of the places didn't exist. So the David inscription, just a few years ago, they found an inscription at Tel Dan, and it said House of David, showing there was a King David of the House of David. Now they've found, then they said, well, that can't be true. It's only partially there. The next year they went back and found the complete inscription. The rest of it was still there. They mm -hmm. dug it up and, wow. and put it together. Now it's complete. But now they've found two other early inscriptions, even earlier by 100 years than this inscription, to uh, 150 years earlier, 100 years earlier, showing that there, there was a King David. Later they said, oh, there was a Nineveh. We've never found Nineveh. And they looked, uh, looked and finally found Nineveh. Nineveh was a huge city and four centers. And they that's an area. They, they looked for the Hittite kingdom. Couldn't find it for a while. They finally found it in Turkey. And then he found not only us, one city, several cities, and one had 25,000 ancient tablets describing the, the things like the Bible described, the different events of the, of the Hittite Empire. So again, when people deny the Bible, then they find it over and over again is true. We're looking forward to you coming back, and we will continue our discussion. Friends, be sure to tune in. Our offer for these two programs is King of Books, The Bible and Archaeology and History. Now, this is a book for your personal library. It's also a perfect addition to a church library. Great material for pastors, Sunday school teachers, elders, deacons, and every Christian who wants to be well-informed and well-versed in the Bible, its significance, and wants to speak about history. The Bible is the world's most amazing book. Supernaturally given by God, it is the Word of God. It's a living book that can speak the words of God directly to the hearts of those who hear or read it. Our current generation doubts everything, especially the things of God. In his new book, The Bible, The King of Books, Lonnie Shipman says archaeology has repeatedly illustrated that the Bible is accurate historically, biographically, culturally, legally, geographically, medically, and even scientifically. Dr. Lonnie Shipman has traveled the world and brings his experiences and research to the Bible, King of Books. Order King of Books today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144.
King of Books is also available at our website, swrc.com. Make sure you order King of Books today. Dr. Kenneth Hill, Josh Davis, and Dr. Larry Spargimino wrap up this year's gleanings with some encouragement. Welcome, my friend. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. For 90 years or so, that has been what has been said in these Watchmen on the Wall broadcasts. It has been said by the speakers and by people who have been interviewed, and it has been said because it is true and it is important. Southwest Radio Church Ministries and the Watchmen on the Wall broadcast have been going for 90 years, and God has continued to bless this effort. And we're coming to the end of this year. This is the last day of our broadcasting this year, and we have Dr. Larry Spargimino, our speaker and host of the broadcast with us today, and Josh Davis, our, I want to call him an engineer. He is that. He's running the board for us today, but he is our evangelist, our field evangelist, and he has been so busy taking the Word of God around to folks who need to hear it. And Brother Larry takes a young man to do the travel and the work that he does, and we're delighted that God has sent him our way. Yes, thank you, Ken. It's so good to be here. I'm 82, but I'm staying busy because I have the Lord's work to do. There's nothing more important than that. And there's no retirement in God's work and in God's plan. They tell us that our retirement is heavenly, and I know that, but we don't stop here. And so, brother, let's talk about the gleanings that we have been involved in here at the last of this year. What kind of word would you have for us today as we think of the need for God's people to give. Well, uh, Kenneth, one of the things that uh, I think is very important for our listeners to remember is that we do not just feature prophetic subjects. We don't just air prophecy. However, understanding the end times is very important to understanding the present times, and we do not shy away from looking at the signs of the times and relating them to the whole counsel of God. And I think that makes us very, very unique and very, very important. Christians certainly need to understand current events by looking through the lens of Scripture. And that is one of the things that we firmly believe at Southwest Radio Church. We need to interpret Bible prophecy in a way that does not allegorize the prophetic Scriptures. For example, The word Israel means Israel. It never means church. And if that principle of interpretation were followed consistently by Christians, we would not have, for example, replacement theology and all the confusion that that has created. And I know you and I and Josh and everywhere at Southwest Radio Church loves to declare the prophetic word and to work it into all that we say and do. Amen. And I am so happy 
that you are involved in the Southwest Radio Church ministry and the Watchman on the Wall broadcast. Thank you, Brother Larry, for the work that you do. Brother Josh, God has given you some direction on this program. I think you're going to share with us some of the things that are being done by Southwest Radio Church. That's right, Dr. Hill, and I'm grateful to be part of the ministry team to serve with you and Pastor Larry and all the other wonderful team members that we have at Southwest Radio Ministries. And this is the last broadcast for Watchmen on the Wall in the year 2023. It's been a wonderful year, and we praise God for the victories that have been won. And during this time of gleanings, we're just asking for people to prayerfully consider what they may be able to give to help support the ongoing work. Just as Pastor Larry was saying, the ministry and the outreach, getting God's Word out as far and as wide as we possibly can, because people need to know what's going on in our world today from the biblical perspective. As Pastor Larry was sharing, there's many people who are commenting on the news commenting on current events, but many people leave out the biblical perspective. And if we don't understand God's word correctly, it's going to lead us to a big mess, a big misunderstanding. It'll leave us quaking in fear, wringing our hands. What are we going to do? The world's falling apart. It's all coming down. No, we don't have to live in fear if we understand God's word. So that's why ministries such as Southwest Radio Ministries are so vital as we close out 2023 and we launch into 2024, I know that as New Year's Day approaches, we'll be sharing some more about how can we live in this brand new year. But while we see the day approaching, we don't know when the rapture may occur. It could occur at any moment. And so we must be ready. But until that day comes, we need to be doing everything we can do to get God's word out as far and as wide as we possibly can. So we just encourage people to partner with us in this ministry to advance the good news of Jesus Christ as far and as wide as we possibly can. You may phone in your gift if you would like to do so at 1-800-652-1144. That's 800-652-1144 and send in your gleaning offering, your year-end gift to the work here at the Watchman on the Wall broadcast. You may also give by going to our website, swrc.com, and you may give online, and your gift will be immediately recorded for the year 2023. And those are all important things. May God bless you beloved in the new year that's yet to come god is still on the throne and prayer changes things the bible is the world's most amazing book supernaturally given by god it is the word of god it's a living book that can speak the words of god directly to the hearts of those who hear or read it in his new book the bible king of books lonnie shipman says archaeology has repeatedly illustrated that the Bible is accurate historically, biographically, culturally, legally, geographically, medically, and even scientifically. Dr. Lonnie Shipman has traveled the world and brings his experiences and research to the Bible, King of Books. Order King of Books today when you call 1-800-652-1144. 
King of Books is also available at our website, swrc.com. Lord willing, we'll be back here Monday, ready to once again bring clarity to the chaos. Head into the weekend with the encouragement that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners just like you. Please visit our website, swrc.com.